Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. If it's not in our best interest, it's not in his either. And he's going to speak up about it. This is The Roy Green Show. I received an email early in the week, and uh, it was from a 36-year-old wife and mother of three, and the email ended with, please contact me. So I called. You'll be hearing this 36-year-old mother and wife before the end of this hour. She is experiencing absolute hell with uh, chronic pain, chronic agony. Her doctors have cut her off essentially cut her off, and she's made the decision to end her life. She's going to be joining us along with her husband. This is what happens when systemic cruelty just attacks those who just have no recourse. They can't fight back because those who have the medication refuse to dispense it. So we're going to talk to her, and it happens on both sides of the border. She's in the United States, but it happens here, and you've heard Canadian chronic pain patients on this program share the same stories and the same issues and the same fears. So that's coming up. That and a lot more today and throughout the weekend. My good friend Joe Warmington joins us from the Toronto Sun. Later on in the half hour, we'll talk to uh, Simon Little from CKNW Radio in Vancouver about the liberal leadership that's going to come up with a new liberal leader for the province of Ontario later on, uh, province of British Columbia, later on uh, today. The Ontario leadership for the Conservative Party is coming up in, uh, in a matter of weeks, and we'll have Doug Ford and Christine Elliott, the two who have most recently, or the two first two, to, to uh, declare their running for the leadership. They'll join us tomorrow on the show. Joe Warmington joins me. We've been friends for a long time. We've covered a lot of stories. I'm a big fan of yours. And you've had a run of stories recently, Joe, that's just incredible. Well, you know, obviously, we kind of reflect what's going on, and society and um if you're going to get on the right green show it's going to be on a big story oh, and in this you. case it's uh you know there's many big stories and they're not all good news they're not good news but they're not all good news but they certainly uh, have people's attention and they require the kind of coverage that you're giving them and the, 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 let's start with honey and and uh, barry sherman and what you've written about them and uh mr sherman's cousin carrie winter and uh, and where he fits into all of this. Yeah, it's one of the strangest things I've ever seen. I mean, we knew that he was out there, and uh, it was very interesting because we didn't really hear from him while the police were going on the idea that it was a murder-suicide over there on Old Colony Road. For those listening across the country, it's sort of up by kind of Bayview and Highway 400. It's a, a posh area, very quiet, and obviously people know the story. And... Out of nowhere, uh, once within the weeks uh, since the police have decided that it's a double homicide, uh, this guy, uh, Kerry, has been doing interviews. He did some, obviously, with CBC's Fifth Estate, which was in the can. 
and I guess he couldn't help himself. He got on over there with the Daily Mail and obviously with uh, Kevin Donovan at the Toronto Star and with us at the Sun. So, he's And he's, jo- he's joining me tomorrow. And he's joining you tomorrow. Yeah. So, so it's, you know, and, and the story that he's telling is something that I have probably never seen before, where it's almost like he wants to be arrested for this. If it was a TV show, he'd be the first person that you would look to. I mean, he's talking about fantasizing, killing these people, and obviously the story that he's trying to spin that he, you know, the Barry Sherman had talked to him about putting a hitman on his wife and all these kinds of things. And yet when you talk to him, you'll find him an engaging person. Um, in my case, um, you know, I, for some reason, I guess I'm a sucker for, for people that are troubled. I, I think that he might need some help, and I, you know, I have some compassion for him. I hope he didn't do any of these things, and I hope that it's, uh, you know, some other explanation for all the things he's saying. But the police have got this file, and, you know, if he's involved in it or not involved in it, I'm sure they'll let us know. So there was a billion-dollar lawsuit by some cousins of Mr. Sherman against him, uh, and uh, it had to do with the with uh, the business, and we won't get into all the details, but it was a billion-dollar lawsuit. Mr. Sherman won. Well, the lawsuit stems from his father, yeah. who was Lou Winter, who, who was the one that hired... Barry Sherman in the first place to come into his business when he was just a teenager. Right. And that was called Empire Labs. Empire Labs uh, eventually, you know, through all kinds of uh, different methods, became what we now know as Apotex. I apologize for the beeping here. I'm in a Home Depot trying to get a nice quiet spot and I haven't been able to find it. Anyway, That's all right, so basically what's happened here is that his father died and very soon after, within weeks, his mother died and you know, they've got this guy that turned, ended up buying the company, which is Barry Sherman, Dr. Sherman. He sort of, they sort of reconnected, and he ended up taking care of these brothers and uh, into the tune of millions and millions of dollars. And uh, I guess at some point, uh, this company, they, these guys found out that it said in his father's will or something that showed that they were supposed to get a piece of this company. So they tried to sue for it. And so it's a very, you know, it is a compelling story. The judge threw it out and said something along the lines of, you wish. Um, it just sounds, you know, one of these things. But I sort of see his point of view, although Barry Sherman was very generous with these people. They were very irresponsible with their, their life choices. I mean, some of them. And, um, you know, it's, I don't know. If, if life's only about money, then that's one thing. But it's got to be about more than that. And, you know, these people are dead. Somebody did kill them according to the police. And he's spinning out, you know, Kerry, and he'll be on the show with you. And I'll be listening to that because we're all listening to everything he says because right now all focus is on him. Yeah, and he claims it was uh, a murder-suicide. He still insists that. And was he not, uh, he was also involved in a, in, a, in a lie detector test. Yeah, you know, and, he, and when he, you talk to him, he'll tell you, I mean, those things, uh, I mean, I thought the report about Bob McKeown was terrific, and it was uh, very well done on, on uh, Fifth Estate. Very, such a pro. But the, the, the lie detector test, they had to give it to him, but those things are very tricky, and you know that mm-hmm. role yourself. Yeah, I mean, yeah. through the years, every time you're dealing with a lie detector test, it's never admissible in court, and you can make them go any which way you want. Uh, this guy tells stories, he changes his stories, he doesn't know for sure what he's saying. The only reason that he's going to be on your show and the reason he talked to me and everybody else is because there's nobody else that's talking about hating Honey and Barry Sherman at a time when the police are looking for a killer for mm-hmm. those people. Okay. 
Uh, talk to us about Bruce MacArthur, suspected serial killer of gay men facing five charges of murder. And uh, please remind us about what it was that brought attention to MacArthur. Well, you and I have talked about this case in, uh, about five years ago. We talked about missing people. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but uh, it was something that was, you know, pulling at you. I forget the case. It was about a young woman, but we talked about the men that were missing as well. Yeah. And, and, and so here we are all these years later. There was a thing called Project Houston, and uh, that was the, the one that was five or six years ago when we talked about it. And then, of course, then came the next one later. That one closed down. They never got it. But I think MacArthur was talked to, or at least on the radar then. And, you know, he's a 66-year-old guy who, you know, hung around the village. Um, there was a period of time where he was uh, in trouble for violence, domestic kind of violence, and or, you know, towards somebody, assault, that kind of thing, and he was told to stay away from the village. There was a lot of clues on this guy. And, uh, again, as it unraveled, you know, once you turn over that one stone and see something, then it unravels. But he was able to keep this going for a long time, and so... Because of that, Roy, we don't know how many we're going to end up with, and it's already five too many. Yeah, and the the was it uh, the last one that uh, was found? A man was tied to his bed. Yeah, that was a story that Sam Pizzano and I, uh, you know, did. And basically, what happened was that they had him under surveillance, and you know, there's different accounts of this, and in court, we'll find out at some some point exactly what did happen because no one's really confirming it. But we've got police sources that do confirm that something like this happened. There was a male in the apartment tied either to the bed or on the bed. And the, you know, the special team that was kind of surveilling him realized they had to move in. They weren't ready to arrest him yet, but they had to go in and protect whoever this was. And uh, they kicked the door down and they, they arrested MacArthur. But you know what? Um, this guy, we don't know. There is a kind of a rough, you know, trade out there that, that MacArthur was purchasing or renting, that kind of thing. So I'm not sure whether this guy for sure was at risk, but I'll tell you something. When they told him that, you know, that he was in, tied up with a serial killer, and he didn't sleep very well that night. No, I don't imagine. Hey, Joe, thank you so much for spending the time with us and, uh, and yeah, Roy, bringing us good, up to date. Good. Yeah, good to be with you. I'll listen to your interview with uh, Kerry Winter tomorrow, and and also, great show today. I was listening, but I felt kind of bad for Don, too, the, the guy that called in. And he wants to email me with his story. We'll do it. I'm sure you'll have him on as well one day. Yeah, Thanks we will. For all the service uh, that people, uh, you know, that you mentioned. That, I think that's the one thing that I got from your last segment was, you know, all you have to do is thank those men and women for what they did for us. And if the prime minister needs to be reminded of that, we'll do that for him. Well, the terrible thing, uh, among other things, that was involved with the prime minister's answer in Edmonton, was that he didn't thank that veteran for his service. That's what I, yeah, that's what I was just getting at. I think that's really, really too bad. And, you know, the, the other thing, too, is when you say to those people, we don't have enough money, that's not what you ever say to people that strap on the uniform and go to war for your country. You never say that. Money's not part of what you talk about. And so that was very naive of the Prime Minister. And it's also wrong. And the other thing, too, is we have lots of money. He just gave Bono 100 and, you know, I forget what the figure, $180 million to that one foundation. Bono was here uh, from U2 on Canada Day singing over there, and they said it was for free, but it wasn't for free. I didn't know what it was for, and now I know. So that, you know, that he gets this money. Well, that $180 million, I'll take it for the guy that, that you had, you know, the clip you played, and all the other men and women who served. Um, you know, the, there's lots of money for those people, and it's not right what he said. 
he owes an apology. He's not doing very well. I mean, there's a lot of things. Look at, I like the guy, some of his act, as you know, it's nice that, that he's popular around the world and all, there's positives. But your core job is to look after the people here, and he's not doing that. Well said, Joe. Well said. Thanks for the time. I'll talk to you real soon. All the best. Thanks. All the best, Joe. Joe Warmington from the Toronto Sun, one of the great writers, one of the great columnists, and he's a truth teller. The story about uh, Barry and Honey Sherman is uh, is a rather unusual one. Kerry Winter is uh, the cousin of Mr. Sherman, who will be joining us on this program tomorrow. And uh, he insists that uh, it was a murder-suicide, and police are saying it was a double murder. Mr. Winter's been talking to Toronto police, so we'll talk to him tomorrow. When we come back, Simon Little, CKNW Radio, our chorus radio station in Vancouver, political reporter. We're going to talk to Simon about what's happening in British Columbia today, and that is the Liberal Party choosing a new leader. For so many years, it was Christy Clark leading the uh, government with the Liberal Party with a majority. Now it's an unusual <laughs> breakdown of seats in the legislature. And what's likely to happen tonight and what are the issues for the B.C. Liberals? Simon Little joins us right after this.